Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right, you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast and a reverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Dustin, it's that crazy time of the year where you're all booked up and your eye cal is completely full. What's going on with you, buddy? Just trying to stay afloat, man. Uh, I have to constantly remind my wife that, uh, you know, it's this is sprinting time. Uh, not like the physical, like getting shape sprinting. This is, mm-hmm. you know, that sprint to the finish where we're just trying to stay afloat. This is where everyone wants them sweet fall photos. And Now, those... would you say that you have to explain this to your wife or you have to mansplain this to your wife? A little bit of both. There's, a, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's kind of a mix. Because she's uh, been doing this for a while, so I think she would probably know what time of the year it is, and, and that you're sprinting right now. She, she does, and she needs you to tell her. No, she does. She, she's, she needs that reassurance that it will end, mm. because it's sort of like wedding season starts off with like a little bit of a blast. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like some tap dancing. Hi, Nora. Oh, she can't hear me. Call me for help. Say, mommy, help, please. <laughs> Her words are getting so much more clear. So you want to get back to talking about sprinting? Oh. So yeah, so wedding season sort of starts with this sort of blast in May and June. And then at least here in the Midwest tends to kind of just stabilize July and August. And then all of a sudden, end of August is just like into September, October are just like a full on sprint to the finish. And then by Thanksgiving, you're like dead, but then you have the holidays to recover. And then January to like, you know, sit in sweatpants and finally binge watch Game of Thrones or whatever you're into. So the holidays come and Dustin rises again. Rise again, like Santa. Dustin, speaking of rising again, what are you drinking tonight? Well, Steve, I'm glad you asked. I have a little... Uh, Diamond from a local winery called uh, Two E's. They uh, 2017 vintage. Crisp and uh, light yet refreshing. Oh, take a sip, Dustin. I want to see this happen on air. Mm. Well, Dustin, how, how was it? I, I saw you did the little thing, the thing with mm. your lips. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you didn't do it in the mic, though, so people couldn't hear it, so I had to do it for you. Oh, I just I just wanted uh, wanted them to hear you, Stephen. How about I you? What, why? I I'm just trying to keep up with our new season of wines of the world. I'm telling you, we're not we're not sticking with that. That was like a one-time goof or a two-time oh. goof, two-time goof. Uh, See, now you've turned it into a three-time goof. You, which means you might rule of three is comedy. The goof is now over and is dead, and we have to move on. Mm. Um, mm. Dustin, oh, I'm drinking such... some Bell's Two-Hearted Ale, straight from Comstock, Michigan. I would say that this was something Jen and I picked up when we were in Kalamazoo for our anniversary, but it's not, because you can find Bell's basically anywhere in the Midwest. It is very, very good beer, though. Dustin, let's move on into follow-up. Um, Follow it up, Steve. Come on. Dustin, you ordered the Mavic 2 Pro last week. I did. Did it come I, in? Uh, no, it did not. Um, I actually canceled my order. What, Shocker. Dustin? Play what? that dramatic music. I uh, canceled I'm, I'm my order not, for the... I'm probably not going to play dramatic music, just so you know. 
a lot of editing. You can work. you can you can now slow that dramatic music. Give give me some dramatic mouth sounds. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I'll just no. overlay that. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Um, because DJI was supposed to be shipping faster if you ordered directly from them, um, and they used their cunning, devious SEO to talk me into it. Because when you Googled Phantom Four or not Phantom Four, Mavic Two. Um, their title, their slug for their website was Mavic 2 Pro Shipping Tomorrow. Oh, nice. And so I was like, well, shit, let me order it from them. And so I ordered it directly from DJI. And then uh, it did ship the next day from China on a boat. <laughs> so it's going to get here in like two weeks. Well, DJI is located in China, so that makes I, sense. I know, but it was just funny how, uh, how I don't know, misleading they were because my friend also ordered one and he called them and they're like, yeah, if you order it from us, we'll ship it out tomorrow. They didn't tell him, oh, we'll ship it out tomorrow by boat from China. <laughs> oh, wait, so people who ordered from B&H and other places, they already have theirs? No, I assume B&H and all those other places will be getting them from the boat that mine is on. <laughs> so if you had kept your order and not canceled it, you'd still be getting the drone just as fast, right? Probably, well, it'd probably be like two days after or, yeah, probably about the same exact time because it's going to hit the U.S. and it'll go to B&H's distribution center or DJI's local mm -hmm. distribution center and then get shipped out just the same. Dustin, next up on our follow-up, your yeah, shoes bring it. for shooting for, weddings. I don't know. We've talked. This was in like oh, the very no, no, first no, Dustin, episode. Yeah, Steve. No, yeah. Steve, this has this been is, talked about. This is a callback to episode two. Um, but Dustin, no, I shot a wedding with you recently, and you were wearing your Cole Hans, and do you remember what I said? You said, Dustin, everything about you screams the most fashionable man alive, and I don't know why I don't constantly tell you this more. But you are a beautiful soul, a beautiful human, and you just goddamn know how to dress. I mean, yeah, I did say that. But what did I specifically say about the shoes? That you would like the link for where I bought them because you would like five pairs in each color? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Was that, what, was that specifically, it? specifically, what did I say to you that night? That you would like to take my shoes off and rub my feet with your tongue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Closer? No, now, now we're getting pretty nasty, just like I like it, yeah. Uh, Closer? No, Dustin, I believe what I said to you that night It'd was... It would be the wine talking at this point. Dustin, did you buy new shoes? Because those don't look like your terrible Cole Haan shoes. But they were, in fact... Wait for it. Cole Haan shoes. There it is. Yeah, no, you, you upgraded to a new new set of shoes from the same company, and they look spectacular. And now I'm eating my own words because I've made fun of them for so long. But As now you I tend want to those do. good, good, comfortable shoes because they look stylish, they look great, and they no longer have the white sole that makes them look like you're wearing track shoes with a dress shoe <laughs> on top. Well, they make the same ones I previously owned with not white bottoms they make them with a black bottom as well steven mm -hmm. but yeah we had a wedding back in may um where the bride's father requested that we wear all black and so i went out and bought a pair of kohans in all black 
So you only bought those shoes because specifically the bride's father requested it. Correct. Why, why did the bride's father want you to wear all black? Uh, no particular reason. He just wanted us to look professional. I was in the theater once, and the people who worked on stage that were not a part of the play, they were all black. I would prefer it if you were all black, too. You are a stagehand. Yes. Is that what he said? I mean, Something he was like definitely... Oh, Corinne would like me to show off her new shoes, her new wedding shoes. Oh. Bring those back. Bring those back, Corinne. Corinne got new shoes, too? New wedding shoes. These were, what, a birthday present? These are oh. amazing wedding shoes, according to my wife. What are those? Here, Rothies? Tell, tell them what these are. Rothies. And I know you probably all think I don't actually exist, but I am here. <laughs> I usually go to bed well before this is <laughs> recorded. <laughs> Good night, everybody. And there she was, and there she goes. Surprise guest appearance from Corinne. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to have to take down all those fan sites where I claim that she doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's Put been... so much time and work into those to make you look like you were a lying piece of crap. And Yeah. <sighs> I know. Dustin, uh, more follow-up. Your smoke bomb shot. You posted it. People loved it, buddy. You I sound loved it. You sound surprised. You sound... No, I'm not surprised. Like you, you do were really good work. hopeful that you were going to be disappointed. <laughs> Oh, Dustin, I would not delight at all in you failing. As I've told you many times since we started this podcast, when you fail, we fail. So <laughs> I'm very glad you succeeded, and it's a very good shot, and I'm very proud of you. Just wanted to get that out there. So that's it? This is just a pat on the yeah, back episode? No, no, this is just a pat and you on the back. This is... You know, I give you a lot of crap on these episodes, and when... When there's follow-up that, that involves me being wrong, I, I gotta say it. I mean, I never said your shot would be bad. I just was very upset with you for acting like you created smoke bombs. And then very upset with you for ending your whole thing by saying, and if anybody else has a smoke bomb photo, please uh, send it to us or something like that. And I was like, yeah. that's, yeah, no, that wasn't a story. We We had no discussion about smoke bombs at all. Well... In my in my defense, I was hoping that you had done smoke bombs and that you could we could have a conversation back and forth about it. We have done smoke bombs, like actual smoke bombs. But yet, you didn't feel like you wanted to talk about it. What's there to okay. talk about? It's a smoke bomb. You you light it, you throw it, or set it down. What whatever you want to do, and then you well, shoot. But it's okay because there was some great. Uh, talk about smoke bombs on the Facebook group. I don't know if you guys out there are a member or a part of the community we have going on Facebook. Um, it's the Wedding Hangover, and it's super secret, locked down um, with an access code. Um, but Todd Wilson on the um, group posted his smoke bomb photo that I thought was super sick, nasty of uh, when he photographed Bane's wedding. Oh, it's so sick, nasty. I liked, uh, he used a little bit more creativity with his off-camera lighting techniques than I did, but that's okay. Todd and I had a good conversation about smoke bombs, a conversation I would have liked to have had with you on the podcast, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. It's neither here nor there. Uh, uh, were there any, uh, any hidden gems from that conversation you want to share with the people on the podcast? 
Yeah, I don't know if it was Todd or someone else. I've spoken with a lot of people about smoke bombs now at this point mm-hmm, since mm-hmm, the episode mm-hmm. aired. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, mm-hmm, but someone mm-hmm. shared that if you shoot a flash um, through the That's smoke bad. bombs, um, you get like a lightning bolt looking effect behind the couple, which I ordered some more smoke bombs so I could try that out. So, color yeah, smoke I mean, bombs or just grays? Uh, he did not specify what color he did to get the lightning bolt effect, but I ordered... Um, no, in the photo like, he posted, he was using an orange smoke bomb. Uh, he didn't say if he was using an orange smoke bomb or not, but he did use a CTO gelled... Mm, good point, good point. ...flash behind them. So I'm assuming it was just a neutral smoke bomb, and then he gelled his flash to make A white the, bomb? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Which is cool, nonetheless. Dustin, let's push into topics this week. Topical. Dustin, how do you handle edit requests? Uh, give me an example, Steve. Lay it on me. What would be your consideration of a edit request? Like something like, hey, can you make me look skinny? Or like, hey, can you make it look like we didn't have Taco Bell at our reception and Photoshop fillets onto everybody's plates? Because that would be one hell of an edit request. I don't know why you would do that. I mean, if you had Taco Bell at your wedding reception, you would be a champion and a person of the people, and I would love you forever. And you whereas, say that, you know, if you had fillets. Eh. You, you and I say that and think that, but we did do a wedding where they had a local Mexican delicacy. Actually, two now we've done um, where they have Mexican for the food, and everyone mm-hmm. gets all jazzed about it. And then I want you to sit back and wonder why is there no one dancing? And then look over at the bathroom line and be like, oh, because they had Mexican for dinner. Because they overate. It's not having Mexican for dinner. It's eating too much. That's yeah, it, that's what's happening. Well, no, we've Mex- worked at a bunch of weddings where they do like taco trucks and stuff like that. Yeah. Those weddings are always lit. They're fun. Oh, they're fun. But yeah. I'm just saying that if the bride and groom are late to the reception or the food sits too long, Mexican food is not a forgiving food when it comes to just like sitting around in a hot pan (laughs) compared to like dry chicken breast or roast beef or whatever (laughs) no no i would say mexican food is the same as all those other foods when it comes to sitting around in a pan uh i don't know i just feel like that grease just turns into acid and then that acid turns into disease and then that disease turns into why everyone's in line for the bathroom so people got food poisoning. That's what you're trying to say? Hey, if the shoe fits, it's a moon shoe. Anyways. Um, that was so bad. That was so, so bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about when you deliver. Have you gotten a, have you gotten a crazy edit? No, this is something I saw online. Uh, you deliver photos to somebody and then you mm-hmm. get something back from them saying, hey, I have a bunch of requests for edits I want to see made to your photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I spoke to you about this in an earlier episode. We had a couple, because um, we, we, this is something we offer where we tell the couple after we deliver the gallery, if you want to make any, you know, want us to make any tweaks or whatnot, um, because we're only enhancing the photos. We're not Photoshopping them. I'm always very clear about that. We're not taking out any blemishes. We're not removing stray hairs. We're not doing anything like that. Um, 
because if we did, they wouldn't get their photos back in two weeks. It would take much, much longer. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, that way you can go through them and let us know if there are any photos that you would like any further, you know, work done on. Um, and we had an engagement session earlier in the year where the couple came back with like a laundry list of just super vague color correction type tweaks. Oh yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. But nothing, um, I mean, I've only had maybe one, one, I don't know. The the crazy edits don't like stick in my memory banks as well as other things in my life. Cause I try to f edit them and forget them. Um, like we had one instance. <laughs> you're basically editing them out of your life as you're working on them. Exactly. Is that how it goes? Exactly. I mean, like we had uh, one engagement session last year where the bride didn't want to be able to see where the seam in the wallpaper at the uh, country club we did their photos. Um, she said you could see the seam in the wallpaper and wanted all of the photos that you could see that wallpaper photoshopped mm -hmm. and then it was a it was an easy like quick clone stamp type thing but afterwards i was thinking like she's probably not going to print all of these photos and yep. i should have in retrospect been like oh not a problem which of the series of photos do you like the best that you'll actually do something with that's the one that i'm gonna spend 15 seconds on so if a client comes to you and says, hey, uh, could you edit this thing out? And it's like something you normally wouldn't edit out. Do you charge them money or what do you do? Uh, I do not charge them money depending on the complexity of the edit. Let's, if it, uh, what if it's like face swaps and family photos and stuff like that? I will do up to like three face swaps for free. Um, but I'm really pretty good about taking like four or five photos of every family photo combination. Mm -hmm. And so I've only had so far with this year, one instance where we had to do quite a few face swapperoos. And that's only because the bride had a autistic brother. And so we would only get one photo where he would give us like a really good smile. Yeah. And so then I would have to like, take that face and then put that on all the rest of the family photos. Which I was more than happy to oblige because I know how important family photos can be. Mm -hmm. I wish we had better family photos from our own personal wedding. Oh man, I wish we had skipped family photos at our personal wedding. Oh really? Family photos are the worst. How often do you walk into somebody's house and they have framed a giant family photo? Uh, all the time. Really? You mean from their wedding or just a giant family photo? From their wedding, specifically. Uh, I would say at least within the first year. I would say it's more common that the parent of the bride and groom yep. have that photo framed. So sometimes I feel like I'm shooting it for them. Yep. Because if you think about it from a parent standpoint, I know uh, we're too young to understand this, but um, imagine... Dustin, I have children. You have children. We are both parents. Correct. But I'm saying once our children are older and getting married and have kids, I mean, it becomes more and more challenging to then gather them for a big family photo. So a thing like a wedding is sometimes mm -hmm. the only opportunity to get those kind of photos. When, so, when I say uh, I wish we hadn't done the family photos, I just mean like extended family photos. 
Oh, we didn't mess around. Yeah, we didn't even try that. Yeah. That's like, silliness. Like my my siblings at my wedding, I'm I, I wanted that photo, but it's yeah. like the the photo with my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, uh, my yeah. cousins' significant others, some of whom are not still in the picture, stuff like that. It's just like I don't know why we wasted time on that. No, Actually, we just we, did. I think Jen cut family. most of that out at our wedding because she was about to start her own like wedding photography business at the time, so she kind of had a, an idea of what she wanted and what she didn't. But right, I think we still had to do like one big uh, one big family photo with my mom's side of the family. Yeah, we just did just immediate parents and siblings and grandparents, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to tell our bride and grooms to do as well. Mm-hmm. One of my cousins got married recently. We did not do any extended family photos at his wedding. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to hang out and drink during the cocktail hour like God intended us to. Like God intended. I've just been thinking. And by hang out and drink, I mean watch my children and make sure my son doesn't get into any trouble. You know how it is. I do know how it is. Oh, moving on, moving up. You say that all the time. I cut that out of like 20... 20, 20 times each episode, I have to cut out you saying moving on, moving up. Well, I just, I don't know. I've not done a tremendous amount of heavy lifting on edits. Like, how do you guys handle that? Like when someone says, hey, Steve, I really love this photo, but I like how my face is in this photo. Like, I mean, how do you handle contract, that? Dustin, if they want to do edits like that, it costs money. And the money that it costs is, uh, oh, I forget the exact amount, but it's an hourly amount. So we just say, hey, um, that's great. If you want to do that for these photos, this is the hourly rate for that. And this is how long I think it'll take. And I can just add that onto your invoice and we'll get to work on it as soon as you pay. How I would handle it if I were you is I would be like, um, we use bespoke tone for all of our editing. Um, please feel free to reach out to them. They, we actually have a relationship with bespoke tone where they already have access to all of your photos. All you have to do is send them your credit card information and the image number and what you want. And uh, it's actually a really seamless system. And uh, this is kind of like how you, when people, when people email you at your Dustin and Corinne, you email back pretending to be your wife, right? You, you love Sometimes. this kind of, uh, this subterfuge or when they email uh, big burrito creative, you email them back pretending to be a woman who doesn't actually exist. Uh, she exists in my head. Yeah. I like to think is as I get older, I'm starting to get like sort of a split personality. How old is she? And what's uh, her name? Julie? Her Susan? Her name's Natalie. Natalie? Um, mm. She's 23 years old. Might be 24. I, I can't remember her birthday. Oh, so, so you brought her in young then because this has been going on for a while, like fresh out of college uh, or was she an intern first? Uh, she... Uh, she was a new hire this year. Oh, um, new hire this year. Yeah. Fresh out of high school. Um, she was a mom. Um, <laughs> she has some photography experience, um, but looking to kind of uh, get something a little more steady. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Big Burrito was a great fit so, for her. Wow. That's that's a really sad story. She was a mom. Oh, she's, she's still wow. a mom. <laughs> wow. I can't believe you created a fictional character, gave that fictional character children, and then killed those children off. <laughs> I'm a monster, Steve. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Has anyone ever asked to meet with Natalie or talk to Natalie? Surprisingly, no. <laughs> You've got to stop doing that, Dustin. 
<laughs> just respond as Dustin. No, it's yeah. it's way more fun. Because like I told you the situation uh, that we had that wedding a couple weeks ago and um, where the bride had booked both our photo and our video. And with our videos, we record letters from the bride to the groom and the groom to the bride, etc. And but in order to take some stress away from the wedding day, uh, we record those letters ahead of time. And mm -hmm. I went to ask the bride and groom to record the letters. And in the, well, I should back up in our meeting for photography. I asked if they had wrote their letters. Uh, for their wedding video. And they were like, what the hell are you talking about? How do you know about that? And they were like, no, we don't, we're not going to do the letters. We haven't told the videographers yet, but we just think that's so cheesy. And I can't, I think that's so weird that they ask us to do that. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like the whole time being like, oh, I agree. Yeah, it is super cheesy. Like, so what happened on the day of the wedding when uh, you were in charge of the videographers and bossing them around and stuff? No, I explained to them that... Um, because they get a slight discount if they hire uh, Big Burrito Creative and Dustin and Crin Photography. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason they get that discount is because Dustin and Crin Photography directs everything on the wedding day, um, thus making the video guys' lives easier and they don't have to do as much. So, so yeah. you're just still lying to all of your clients? Like it's just lies upon lies upon lies? Not really a lie. I mean, I yeah. am directing everything on the wedding day. Yeah, but I mean, there's so there's so much cunning, so much subterfuge in this. Do you ever get sick of this? Do you ever wake up and just, you don't know who you are? You don't know if you're Dustin or you're Natalie? Uh, some days. Some days I don't know if I'm Corinne or if I'm Dustin. Do you ever wake up and put on Corinne's clothes when she's gone? <laughs> Uh, no, it, it hasn't gotten that bad, Steve, but you will be the first to know. But I would say, I know that, that you think it's crazy, but I will say that I think our booking rate is higher um, because every email is initiated to a bride uh, from Corinne. And so there's something... From one bride to another? Exactly. There's something <gasps> oh, on oh, a... Oh, shoot. Um, quick, run to the trademark office. We got to trademark that. Wedding hangover from one bride to another. That's good. That's good. By, That's money. That's by, gold. By two guys. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think women just feel more comfortable and more confident talking about their wedding to another woman. Um, I feel like that's sexist. Or a man pretending to be a woman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Catfishing the shit out of them. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, gosh. Wow. Now, now that all of our listeners have a real view into your life. <laughs> hey. Whatever works, whatever, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you know, both of us shooting the wedding, it doesn't really, you know, both of us see the communication. Who do, who do they look at as, uh, who's, who's in charge then on the wedding day? Are they constantly looking to Corinne or are they looking to you? Uh, it's pretty balanced. Um, a lot of times on the wedding day, Corinne kind of, this year has been asserting more of the dominant role of, as far as organizing things from an mm -hmm. out, from an outsider perspective. Yes, because you're not good at organizational things. Whereas I'm internally organizing everything and thinking through everything. 
because you don't organize things. Let's just be clear about that. Every time I've shot with you, I've been like, can I get a timeline for the day? And you're like, yeah, no, I'll have one for you on the day. And I show up and you're like, yeah, we decided not to uh, print out timelines or anything. And I'm like, what? And you're like, oh, no, it's just cool. Just go with it. That's because <laughs> that was our entire trip <laughs> to, <laughs> to Sierra Leone was you being like, oh, yeah, no, it's cool. We're just going to show up and kind of do stuff. And I'm freaking out like I'm in a different country on the other side of the world. And I don't know what's going on day to day. Well, that's just because I'm, I'm, I am really, really organized and really like to plan things out. But I'm not always the best about sharing my plans and my organization <laughs> with others. Because then I don't want you to feel this burden of trying to worry about, oh, if something's not running on time or if things are not going as planned. Because I know if they are or if they're not. And so I want to kind of have that stress internally for me. And I don't want you to have to worry about that, man. The difference between you and me is when I work with second shooters, I send them the timeline ahead of time so they know when things are going to happen. So I, I tell second shooters, just, you know, follow my lead. Constant I'm the lead, vigilance. I'm the lead photographer. Be on your freaking toes. You're just walking around like Mad-Eye Moody yelling out constant vigilance at people. Exactly. That is how we run our business. <laughs> that way, hey, we get great shots that way because everyone's always on their toes. Yeah, but also it makes it a lot harder to be like, oh, maybe I could shoot a time lapse now because you don't know if you're going to get pulled away at the moment's notice to go do something else because you don't have a timeline and you don't know when things are happening. But you got a time lapse and you didn't know when things were happening. <laughs> So constant <laughs> vigilance, Stephen. Uh, Dustin, crack me Even. up. Um, from Twitter, <gasps> at Laura Crabapple, and we we already uh, we shared this in the Facebook group a while back. But this is what she wrote in her Twitter thread wedded people how did you pay for wedding photography i'm talking to someone now and they said i'd pay half now and half two weeks before the wedding i wouldn't ever usually pay fully in advance of a service being provided is this weird or normal wedding stuff is so effing weird I won't even be surprised if it's normal, but I think I'm physically incapable of paying in full before a service is even started. Weddings are aft. Apparently, if I called this an elopement, everything would be cheaper. If I just called it a dinner party with a ceremony element, I could probably get 50% off. You guys, I was raised to never pay someone in advance of service. I'm just supposed to trust them? Yes. Yes. Now, this is, this is something we've confronted before uh, with clients. Um, this, I mean, it is sort of unusual. Weddings are one of the few things that you do pay for in advance because it's a, um, an emotional day with a lot, of, um, a lot of elements that if something goes wrong... And you call off your wedding day. Now I don't make any money. So, and you don't care about that as a customer or a client. So that's why we have to require payment to be made, you know, so far in advance. Because mm -hmm. you're running a business, not a charity. Yeah. I always love that line. 
Um, I don't know what you, I saw that you made some remarks to her. Um, how did that go? Uh, she, she was just venting online. She didn't actually want to have a conversation about it, but she kind of phrased things like she did want to have a conversation. So I messaged her back and forth from the wedding photo hangover, um, account and is very clear what she was really looking for was people to tell her that she was right and that she shouldn't have to pay in advance. What she wasn't looking for was somebody to actually explain to her that the, the way the wedding industry works. One of my favorite things was a bunch of people in the Facebook group said stuff like you pay for your Big Mac before it gets brought out to you and stuff like that. And um, a lot of people gave a lot of examples of other places where you pay for a service before any work is done. And it's just utterly ridiculous that she's complaining about weddings, which is my basic thought with this sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that you would have to pay for your funeral before you die. Dustin, you don't pay for your funeral. I'm just kidding. You leave your loved ones to cover that cost and mm. go in debt. Yeah, that's why I have in my will that Stephen Van Elk will be paying with all that sweet, sweet Patreon money for my <laughs> funeral. And that is why I never set up the Patreon, but instead set up Anchor support. Oh, but yeah, I mean, it is an interesting concept. Um, I've only ever had uh, one, maybe two brides that have like kind of questioned me on it. Mm -hmm. And then once I kind of explain, you know, hey, this is what we do. If you don't, the line I use that kind of, you know, pushes it over the edge is if you don't trust us to show up on your wedding day and provide you amazing imagery, then don't hire us. I mean, I'm not forcing you to hire me. You're choosing to hire me. And if you don't want to do business the way I do business, then find someone else. If Dustin once... could force brides to hire him, he'd get so much more business. <laughs> So many more bookings, all the books, all the books. But yeah, so once I say that, they're like, "Oh no, 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 no! We we want you." I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm new to this whole wedding planning thing, and I'm just kind of figuring it and, out. And then you look at them sardonically and just say, first time, <laughs> right? Right. I'll catch you on the next wedding too. Mm. Boom. But um, no, we did have one bride this year. I should confess that I did flex on. Because it was a situation where she, did you get it out and did you flex on her? So uh, she had hired us to do an engagement session. We killed the engagement session and she loved our photos so much more than the photographer they had hired for their wedding. And so she canceled on their <gasps> photographer. Whoa, Dustin, sniping business. Snip you want to talk about this on the podcast? sniping business dustin oh my gosh what will the fans think oh dustin you're a terrible human being i know i can't help it that i'm so much better than everyone else <gasps> oh but, my um, gosh i cannot believe I you know. stole business from another photographer did you apologize uh no uh oh, i don't even know who the other photographer was but um anyways uh, i'm so sorry that you are not competent enough to keep your brides um, and keep them happy. Um, obviously, you just don't have what it takes to keep them happy. And happy and happy and happy. Over and over. That was the worst over. apology ever. <laughs> um, but...
But anywho, uh, so yeah, she hired us and booked us. And because I knew that she lost quite a bit of money from their deposit, she asked if it would be okay that I pay, if they paid a percentage after the wedding when they got back from their honeymoon um, with some of the money they were going to get and receive from gifts. Oh gosh, no, you said no to that, right? How much uh, no. money did she ask for all of her uh, wedding guests to give her? Uh, I've did no she idea. say like you can't even show up to the wedding unless you give me fifteen hundred dollars? Is that is that how that kind of played out? Or I think it was two thousand. I think this was up in the ante oh, yeah. for that indie oh. Indianapolis story. Do mm-hmm. you want to talk about that? Do you want to have a conversation about that story? Uh. So, if so, you got to set it up for the listeners. What Dustin and I are referencing is there was a bride in Canada, I believe, who wanted to have a big blowout wedding, but she'd only saved up $15,000. And she went with her fiance to see a psychic, and the psychic told her, you know, go, go all out, go for the expensive wedding, you know, the one you can't afford instead of the one you can't afford. And so she set out wedding invites to all the people she wanted to have at her big blowout wedding and specifically told them if they didn't send back a cash gift of $1,500, they shouldn't, they weren't invited to the wedding anymore. And um, then a few weeks before the wedding found out nobody was coming except for like some, you know, close family friends or whatever, family and friends. And then flipped out and wrote a thing on... uh, on her Facebook, calling people the C word and somebody screenshotted the whole thing and put it in the, that's it. I'm wedding shaming Facebook group. And then from there it was shared to Twitter and Chris, Chrissy Teigen. Is that how you pronounce her name? Retweeted Chrissy Teigen retweeted it and it went viral and was uh, put in like all the, all the internets, all the interwebs. And that's just utterly crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I think, a bit, bit bananas. I, I laughed a, a very, I laughed a very long time when I first read it because it seemed so crazy. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought to myself, "This is somebody who's clearly having mental health problems." And <laughs> and I felt kind of bad for laughing because this person's obviously had some sort of, like, and I'm I'm not joking. Like this person, she's clearly gone through like some sort of break with like reality, and she's just and what what. A, what's happened with like people not going to her wedding and not giving her the money that she thought was due to her for her wedding has just called her mentally to kind of like break down. And I mean, she even said that she was going to take two months off to go backpacking through South America. And you know, if that's what she needs (laughs) to get $1,500 that (laughs) she got from the people who did send it back. There are only like 10 people who sent money back. That's still 15 grand. Yeah, it is, which is crazy um, that anybody would send that kind of money back. But yeah. So so what Steve's trying to get at is that we're going to be hosting our first ever wedding photo hangover party to all the sweet, sweet listeners out there. Um, but in order to be invited, <laughs> you need to go onto our anchor page which Steve will, sh- will drop a link to in no, the show no, notes. They can only go up to nine ninety nine a month in there. We, we need real money, Dustin. Come on. Okay. You can pledge nine ninety nine a month from multiple email addresses <laughs> 150 times. There we go. Now we're talking real money. And then you'll be invited to our sweet, sweet party for mm-hmm. you sweet, sweet listeners. 
Man, by can you imagine two great, great Indiana men? If even if somebody had fifteen hundred dollars to spend on that, like the technological hurdle to overcome there of creating one hundred and fifty different email accounts and one hundred and fifty different anchor accounts just so that they could get to the point where they were giving fifteen hundred. Man. Oh, I can't even imagine trying to do that. Dustin, next up. So there is a weird hack. It's an Instagram hack. I don't think it affects iPhone users. I think it's just Android users. But people have been getting logged out of their accounts. Their accounts have been taken over. And then they start posting spammy, scammy stuff. So if you notice anything strange on your Instagram account, make sure you jump in there and change your password. And if you haven't already set up the uh, two-factor thing, so anytime a weird like location tries to log into your account, it texts you to make sure it's okay. Which, I mean, isn't like the most safe or secure thing in the world, but it's more safe and secure than just a password. Yeah. Okay, Dustin, next up. Um, uh, oh, did you have something to say about that? No, I was just going to say that uh, I'm pretty lax about, you know, all my security. Yeah. Uh, Dustin's uh, password for everything he's on is just eggplant, eggplant, eggplant. With the emojis, not actually spelled yep. out. Yeah, just uh, just three eggplants. That's it. You can hack into anything Dustin has that way. Mm-hmm. Gotta mm-hmm. get that sweet, sweet aubergine. That's right. Dustin, how do you feel about people turning their greens into browns when they go to edit their photos? Yeah, I noticed that this is a... Uh... A new trend with a kind of the way a lot of people edit, and you know, I'm not a huge fan. I see what it's doing. It's sort of trying to take away the distracting elements and kind of pulling that attention back towards the bride and groom or the, whoever the subject is. And not gonna lie, um, not a, not a big fan of it. I don't call me a purist when it comes to color. I wouldn't. But, uh, I wouldn't either, but call it to me. <laughs> call it to me, Steve. I'll call you by your name. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just I don't know, makes it, me think that things are dying. It looks like death. What What are your thoughts, Steve? This is um, something that you, know, that you really does, wanted to lay into I, those out there that listen to this podcast about. So I want to hear all of that anger. It does kind of make things look like they're dying. It makes things look like death. It's a really odd thing to do when you're doing wedding photography because here you have a bride and a groom getting married. It's a celebration of life, but you're turning everything around them into death by making it look brown. So it's a weird juxtaposition. So if that's something you're actually going for, like that's cool. But I feel like most people are doing it just because they think it looks cool and um, it doesn't. It It kind of looks like you turned everything around them into poop and now they're surrounded by poop. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they ha- just have a big shitty picture instead of what could have been a really good picture. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've seen a couple of photographers that I really like doing it. Used to really like, I believe is the <laughs> what you're <really laughs> trying to say. Oh, yeah. It's just whatever preset they're using is trying to do something where it darkens the greens and it desaturates the greens, but sometimes if green if the greens are really vibrant, it really takes them in that brown direction. Mm-hmm. And um, so, if you're doing this, Stephen is now referring to you as the shit photographer, not because <laughs> your work is bad, 
purely based on your post-processing. Yeah, no, it looks like somebody took a preset that was supposed to uh, emulate the brown note, you know, the note you can play that'll make everybody crap their pants. Mm, and then, I didn't, I've never heard this. <laughs> and uh, they, they just made a preset like that. I mean, every time I see one of these photos, I, I got to run to the toilet. Don't you, Dustin? Uh, <laughs> no, I can't, can't say that I do. Um, but from what I understand, most people are getting that preset from Bespoke Tone. Oh, we don't um, sell presets. Precepts. Yep. Dustin, By you added a new topic to the show notes just now. Gear talk. Breaking news. Breaking uh, little, news. Little gear talk here. Uh, phase one. I know most of you wedding photographers out there might not be familiar with the phase one line of cameras. It's uh, a bit outside of the scope of wedding photography. Um, but Stephen and I, we talk all things photography. We're not just wedding photographers, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, they dropped a 151 megapixel medium format camera this week. And Steven, I just want to say, what could you do with all of those sweet, sweet pixels? Uh, spend a fortune on storage. I think that's what I'd probably end up doing. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I'd love to know the SD card that you would put in that camera. <laughs> I think it has to be an XQD, right? Uh, it comes with an XQD and SD card slot. It's oh, trying wait, to play wait. It off comes of with two card slots. Yeah, something that not even Nikon could come up with. That's crazy. That's that so means crazy. you can buy this, Steve, and you can back up while you're shooting weddings with this thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to. It just sounds like overkill to me. 150 megapixels. Like, I don't. I don't know why I would ever need that for wedding photography. I not can for wedding photography. Why maybe I would for want when it for you like landscapes or astrophotography, something like that. But when you do your snowflake shots, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody likes Steve Van Elk's patented snowflake photography. It's is this a real thing you're referencing right now, or? Yeah, Steve. It's where you 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 pl you pluck little pearlescent pieces of your skin cells ugh, because ugh, you're ugh. so so white. Oh, and gosh. then you photograph them, and we call them Stephen Van Elk snowflakes. Oh man, oh. Little, little crystals of you. So I mean, as long as you're doing gear talk and boring the crap out of me, um, keep mm. your eyes peeled. Next week, two oh. full frame mirrorless cameras are going to be announced on September fifth mm. from Canon. And I just want to see the engineers that are running back to the lab to be like, <laughs> how can we fit another card slot in this thing? No, no, no. They're not going to do that because the uh, cheaper, like the, the lower one of the two, they already said is not aimed at professionals. So I'm assuming it only has one card slot because they said that. Mm. So you're saying the second one that is geared towards professionals will have two card slots. I would assume so. I assume if it, if it didn't, they would try to get out in front of it. And like make a statement before releasing it. Because if you don't make a statement before releasing it, that it's only going to have one card slot, then what happens is what happened with the uh, with the Z7, Nikon, where yeah. it just the entire conversation becomes about it not having two card slots. So, yeah, I mean that was sort of the press. the hot topic, and so many people were like, like good old Dustin, where they're like. I'm so professional. I don't need two card slots. And then there's people like Steven who were like, 
I don't trust myself. I need that backup. But uh, further news on the whole Nikon Z7 thing, Nikon had to issue an apology because they cannot manufacture the Z7 fast enough to keep up with demand. Why, why do they have to apologize for that? Because people aren't getting the cameras as fast as they'd like them, Dustin. I'm pretty sure the Sony a7 III is still backordered everywhere. <laughs> yeah, maybe Sony should be apologizing too. Um, I'm sure the Nikon is backordered because the Sony makes all of Nikon's sensors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's harsh, man. That's harsh. Uh, Dustin, do we want to do, do, do you have anything else to put in the, the main show or do we want to move on to Q&A? Moving on to Q&A. Questions, answers, questions, answers. Steven's got questions. Dustin's got answers. Questions, answers. Let's do some Q&A. Let's From Devin Rowland in our Facebook group. Have you gone from photo only to doing video too? What helped you learn video? Uh, no, we don't do any video. Um, video is foreign to us and, uh, we don't like to touch that element of cameras. Now that was Dustin from Dustin and Corinne. Now can we speak to Natalie from Big Burrito <laughs> Creative? Come on. We love video. It's our favorite. <laughs> okay. But Natalie, no, I'm talking to Natalie now. Natalie, what helped you learn video? So... We actually got into video back when Corinne and I got married. Uh, we decided we wanted to have a wedding video at our wedding. This was six years ago, right at the dawn of DSLR video. And I made a deal with the videographer that I would shoot, I think like three weddings. I would second shoot with him uh, for to get us a sweet, sweet discount on our wedding video. Mm hmm. And I learned so much shooting with him and that I was like, oh man, it's just like a whole different train of thought with movement and storytelling. And it's just so much more complicated than photography in that way mm -hmm. with the level of thinking that you have to do. Uh, photography can become a little mindless at times. Um, in video, it's like you constantly have to be thinking about sequencing and storytelling and movement and there's just a lot more that goes into it with gear um a lot of that has been taken out of the equation with the quality of cameras being more stabilized but anywho i digress but yeah so we've got to say that sequencing storytelling all that kind of stuff the cameras being more stabilized hasn't helped out with that at all no no in I fact mean, like, almost everything as... that you mentioned <laughs> cameras being more stabilized hasn't helped out with at all what are you getting at here no, I just meant in terms of like, uh, I'm seeing a lot more videographers that aren't necessarily bringing the, the amount of tripods and monopods and sliders. And I, I recall a day where people would bring cranes to weddings. And uh, now it's just pretty much a gimbal and a monopod. And most guys are good to go. Or a mm. gimbal and a tripod. Gotta have that tripod for the ceremony for your, at least yeah, for your wife. Yeah, they'll have a tripod shot. for the ceremony. And then they'll handhold a lot or they'll gimbal a lot. And uh, that replaces the use of a monopod and a slider and a lot of other movement type devices that you would normally have to lug along. 
So Dustin, you would say that to help you learn to go from photo to video, uh, one thing that really helped was reaching out to a videographer and second shooting for them. Yes. I mean, the same concept is what you would do if you were interested in being a wedding photographer is you wouldn't just, you know, go cold turkey and just start doing it. Um, so what I did is I shot those three weddings with him. And then on top of that, I also reached out to other photographers and I said, Hey, would you guys have any brides, um, on, you know, off season dates? If so, could you reach out to them on my behalf and say, I would shoot a wedding video for them at little to no cost. Um, if they hate it, I will refund them their entire monies. And, uh, that's what we did. How many refunds did you issue? Uh, none, zero. Dot. Dustin, do I need to talk to Natalie about this? Natalie will have the numbers. <laughs> Natalie is our numbers. She's our chief financial officer. Um, so we'll have to have her on the uh, podcast sometime. Um, tried to get her on tonight. She came, <laughs> she came in for a few seconds. She uh, seems just as real to the listeners as Corinne. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, so yeah, we kind of sp- uh, grew the video side of things. We've had some video teams come and go over the time we've been doing it. And um, it's constantly an evolution for us. Right when I start to think I've figured out how we're going to run things, it tweaks and changes. So yeah, well, I'm curious to see how 2018 shapes up for us. Mm-hmm. Video so is definitely... I, I specifically included this question, even though we had already talked about it at length in the Facebook group, because I thought maybe you'd want to refer to like one of your favorite podcasts that you listen to. Maybe the only podcast that you say you listen to other than our own. What's that? The Wedding Film Academy. Oh, I haven't listened to that in a while, but Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh my gosh. This whole thing was a setup for you to plug something else you listen to. I do listen to the Wedding Film Academy podcast uh, with Jordan Bunch. Uh, his voice drives me absolutely crazy. Because um, it makes you so horny? Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he, uh, he does a great job bringing on um, great guests each week to discuss varying topics uh, in relationship to wedding videography and just videography in general, making the jump from wedding videography to commercial videography, which is what I'm currently the most interested in. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, there's so many resources on YouTube to learn how to do video that there weren't, you know, that didn't have these resources available back when Steven and I were getting started. Does the Wedding Film Academy have its own YouTube channel too? Uh, they have definitely have a YouTube channel. I wouldn't say it's very strong. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't have much content on there. Um, Mm -hmm. just the occasional, like how ours is, they just have like their podcast episodes in video form. But yeah, sorry to disappoint you on that one, Steve. Yeah, I'm so disappointed. But yeah, if you Google video, you know, there's so many resources out there on how to like learn the differences of photo versus video. I mean, what would you say, Steve? I mean, you're kind of cl- what I would call classically trained in the art of video. I would say all you f- photographers need to get off my lawn. <laughs> get your flamingo and get out of here. You know This nothing. is my yard. You know nothing. Uh, um, you know, I would, I would poke around YouTube. There's so many great resources. Um, 
my personal favorite would be uh, Casey Neistat, but if you're looking for somebody who's like more into teaching and educational stuff, Peter McKinnon is a fantastic uh, YouTuber, and he has several episodes of his vlog that are specifically geared at like wedding photographers and videographers and stuff like that. Um, and just the, the way he tells stories is really awesome. He's real big into that, that slow, slow mo that, uh, Dustin loves so much. And, uh, he shoots primarily with the Canon one DX, I think, but he does like a lot of, uh, real, real good, good looking stuff. And he talks about that one DX, like it doesn't cost that much. <laughs> Yeah, I just well. always feel like he's like, oh, you should just get a 1DX. And I'm like, yeah, it's just, you know, $10,000. Uh, I mean, I work with a lot of uh, videographers who are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get like a C300 next week. So yeah. Yeah, like compared to like a C300, 1DX isn't that bad, right? Just crazy. Yeah, the, the, the gear commitment for wedding videographers uh, over the years is just bananas the equipment can get really expensive if you think photo equipment's expensive oh video equipment's just crazy yeah but starting out you can get away with a lot a lot a lot uh with your current photo setup typically i would say the best thing you could do is start making videos on your own at home uh, what you want to do is you want to create a story and typically, so typically if you're doing like a wedding video story, um, what you need is like a wide shot to set the place where you're shooting in. And then after you get like your establishing shot, that's your wide shot. Then you go ahead and you start doing like close up shots, um, and mid shots that kind of tell your story. So you do a wide shot, it sets up like the house or whatever you're in. You, you know, if you go like inside the building, then then you're going to need like another wide shot to show like the space inside. And then as people move through the space and as they do things, you're doing a series of close-up shots and mid shots that tell the story of them moving through that space and what they're doing. Yeah, I think um, most people's mistake is shooting everything at the same um, yeah, I was going to say focal length, but you can do tight shots with a 50 and you can do wide yep. shots with a 50. But I mean, like shooting everything at that same vantage point. Yes. Um, so then every, then it's really boring. But I think where good storytellers succeed is when you, like Steve was saying, you do a variation of tights, wides, and mediums and how you string those together in a compelling way to convey a story. Um, I think is really sort of the def definition of a good or, I mean, it could be really crappy shots and really bad story, but at least it's, you know, you gave it a shot. So like to give an example, if we're starting with like a, a shot of like the groom having his boutonniere pinned onto him by his mom, uh, what you'd want to do is you want to start out with a wide shot of the mom approaching the groom with the boutonniere in hand. Then you want to cut to like a close up shot or a, you want to cut to like a mid shot of the mom and the groom where, you know, it's like a close up of the two of them, both in frame, um, where she's actually starting to pin it on. Then you're going to want to cut to like a close up shot of the boutonniere getting pinned on, cut to like a close up shot of her eyes, his face, stuff like that to kind of tell this story of like, she's coming forward, she's pinning the boutonniere on and uh, he's getting it pinned on. And then at the very end, you cut back out to a wide shot again to show like the complete finished thing. 
and what just happened in that space. And there you would have like a complete story that has taken you from the mom pinning the boutonniere onto the groom and then leaving out uh, and like being done with that. And so as you're building like a wedding video, you're going through and you're shooting each, each thing that happens throughout the day. You're trying to capture like it's an actual story and you try to make a complete story of it. And now when you actually get around like cutting together like a highlight video of the day, you might not actually use every full story. You might just do like some random shots set to music that kind of convey a mood or a feeling, but you want to approach each situation so that you have a complete story there that you can then use to in your video if you need it. See what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. And uh, what you're probably telling yourself right now, hearing Steve say that is, God, I would, I would have to have the couple like redo things and like move slowly and it would just take so long. And the solution to that is to bring six people to every <laughs> wedding and shoot the shit out of that. So you got one guy on a tight, you got one guy on a wide and one guy on a medium. And it's like the wedding day can just flow so much more naturally because... Everything's getting captured at every focal length, at every vantage point. I mean, come on, right? Am I right, Steve? Can I get an amen? No, you can't. I've All I've right. worked with you several times where you had three people there and you still ask people to do things over and over and over again. So, And uh, the videos always turn out fantastic. Your videos always do turn out fantastic, bud. There you go. Uh, Dustin... Let's, Steve, uh, next question. From Carl Osmond in our mm -hmm. very own Facebook group. What are your <gasps> methods of backup for your data? I think we've answered this once or twice before, but but it's, it gets brought up a lot. So let's let's do it again. Everybody, everybody is concerned about that data. I had a good conversation with my intern mm -hmm. about this. Um, just so, the other Carl, day. Um, if I can just jump in on what Dustin's saying here, what you're going to need to do is get 20 foxes. Now, after you get done shooting your wedding event, you want to copy all of the photos to 20 different SD cards, which you will then put onto the collars of these foxes. Now, you set these foxes loose in your neighborhood. Now, you don't need to have any backups of the cards because you know that the cards are safe with these foxes. You, you know, you're going to put them in like a little waterproof case on the leash or whatever you put the fox in. And then uh, when it's time for you to go out and edit the actual photos, you just get your dog out and you go and chase down the foxes. Oh, I just man, somebody... I just realized that went real animal cruelty at the end. Like, you're going to have to kill those foxes <laughs> that to get was those real back. Fox. Wow. Were you watching Fox and the Hound or something with the kids? I was watching Fox and the Hound. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, can can we dark. back that up? Can I not? Can I not talk about killing I was, foxes? I was killing hypothetical children, and I still think what you said about those poor, poor foxes is worse. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, so scratch that. Now, put some leashes on some bunny rabbits. Now you're <laughs> oh, gonna need some dogs. Now you're killing bunny rabbits. <laughs> Damn it, Stephen. Why not turtles? At least they have shells. You heartless, <laughs> heartless man, you. Uh, but in all seriousness, back that data up uh, like it's a child. Um, that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, we have backups on backups on backups of everything. I have not gone the Drobo route yet. Um, that's uh, something I want to do in the once we move here at the end of the year. 
when Dustin's talking about the Drobo route, he just means a hard drive system that backs itself up onto multiple different uh, hard drives that are inside of it. You don't have to go Drobo. You could also get like a RAID storage unit. Correct. I'm looking like at the Peg- the Pegasus is what I've got in my shopping cart right now. Drobo is um, just but- one of the most uh, well-known brands in that area. Correct. But the Pegasus, that's the one that I... That's that's one of the ones that was like the first one to use the lightning connectors with the Apple computers. Correct. Or Thunderbolt connectors, not lightning. But yeah. right. I knew what you meant. I saw what you were putting down. I went with it. But yeah. Speaking I'm, of which, new iPhones coming out soon. Like two oh, weeks away from the I announcement. Can't wait. I'm so sick of my iPhone. Yeah. They, Ten. Apple just put out an announcement thing today. It was like a just a circle, like black circle, like an orange circle in it. And the phone's circular. Like, coming September the 11th or something like that. <laughs> the phone is now circular. Uh, I mean, I think it's a reference to Siri, if we're thinking about mm. the circle, because they no, use the circle for all the Siri stuff. They're saying, we really like that movie you made with Tom Hanks called The Circle, and where we know all of your shit, and we're just going to embrace the fact that we are now the circle, the Apple circle. So, Carl, to get back to what you were saying... Um, <laughs> I take everything and uh, when we get home, back it up to computers, then I put the cards into our fire safe, and then uh, I don't take the cards out of the fire safe until we have the um, finished JPEGs uploaded to pass. You know, I think that's where I was going. I was thinking fire safe, which led me to fire fox naturally, um, which led me then to killing foxes naturally. That would lead me to Star Fox, which would lead me to oh, spaceships, yeah, no, which would good. lead me to mm-hmm. galactic storage opportunities, which would lead mm-hmm. me to Star Wars, which would lead me to the Death Star, which would lead me to explosions. I'm your father, Steven. I always suspected. Uh, Dustin, next question from you, Anani Moose. Miss. On r slash wedding photography on Reddit. How to effectively manage a demanding client. Hey guys, I have a client who has booked me for a wedding and has recently had their engagement session completed. The wedding is about a month away. At the engagement session, the client began to make commentary that gave me concern. She mentioned that she did not like any of the photos from the previous photographers. Not a single one. Not ever. Our relationship was shaky from the start as she seemed to be frustrated about certain standard processes around the wedding photography booking process. She seemed to have trouble with her invoice and our state tax. In our state, taxes applied to imaging services. I guess she was not prepared for that. Within 24 hours of the engagement session, she requested her photos. After I sent her the sneak peek, she liked them. I was relieved. But then she requested a set of edits. Edits to her foot, movement of her wardrobe, movement of trees in the background, that type of thing. 20 minutes later, a new list request came. By midnight, there was an additional one. This morning, an additional one. I generally love and welcome edit requests. But here I have a very bad feeling. I am paranoid that the edit request could become perpetual and that she may end up dissatisfied anyway. The wedding could easily take triple the amount of time, which we have not charged her appropriately for. I have a very good relationship with most of my clients. 
I am not sure what the best approach to managing this situation is. Should I just do it? Is there a gentle way to set to level set expectations around edit requests without damaging the relationship? What words could I use here to manage this effectively? Yeah, the key is to set expectations and uh, boundaries up front, um, kind of like Steve does by putting verbiage in his contract about charging for additional edits and edit requests. Um, and that's something we try to really clarify at the initial meeting. Now, I understand that 90% of brides forget everything you say at that initial consultation because they've got a million other things on their plate and they're going to forget everything you said other than your name and what you do for a living. And then, you know, you can reiterate some of it again. What we've started doing is sort of highlighting key points right at the end of an engagement session. Like, you know, here's what's going to happen, how you're going to get your photos, what you're going to do after you get your photos. I'm watching Steve double fist a beer, then drink a water, then go back to the beer, then back to the water. Like a true sick son of a bitch. But yeah, it's all about setting expectations and, and kind of managing that. Now, when the client kind of goes down crazy track, uh, you have to make that call as a photographer as to whether or not it's worth your time, energy, and sanity uh, to continue with that relationship. Um, there's been several instances where I've thought about terminating things with the client, Um but that's just not in my nature. I always just suck it up and deal with it. And everything tends to persevere and be okay. You know, hopefully that continues to be the case. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever fired a client, Stephen? Well, I mean, you know, we have uh, some different ways of doing it. I would say uh, for a client like this, what I would probably recommend is you need to find yourself 20 foxes. <laughs> Oh, they've already been they've already been hunted and killed by your dog, though, Stephen. You're gonna need to find an area in the wetlands. Now, what you're gonna do is, uh, before you throw the body in the wetlands, you gotta pull those teeth out so they can't identify it by the the dental records when it comes out of the swamp, and you attach those teeth to those twenty different foxes that you set free. You know, you're killing the your clients. In Dustin, a swamp I land? don't know how else to deal with this. Okay. <laughs> Um. Yeah, Steve ends every one of his sessions. If, by the way, if you don't like these photos, we will bury you in a wetland. <laughs> it's hardly a burial. You just dump the body into a swamp, and then he reiterates it with that: "It's hardly a burial. It will be preserved years and years later when they find that body in the swamp. It'll be in pretty good condition." You could turn into a superhero called Swamp Thing. You never know. Like, you can't rule that possibility out. I view this as a real benefit and bonus to the relationship I have with my clients. In fact, we charge extra for this service. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of heat if I ever get caught doing it. So, yeah, we do charge extra for this. Oh, uh, have you ever ha had an overzealous? Um, my question is this. They want edits to her foot, movement of her wardrobe, movement of trees. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they want to edit the movement of her wardrobe. So was the wardrobe moving during the shoot? Yeah. She was uh, dancing. 
Was this Beauty? Was this Belle from Beauty and the Beast? Let's just say there was a lot of foot action. <laughs> oh gosh. Um. No, I mean, we have pretty clear expectations in our um, contract that lay out what we would do and don't edit. So if something like this came up, we would refer back to the contract in all seriousness before before getting the 20 foxes. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that's sort of a key element, whether you're established or not established, the more work you can produce and have online via social media or your website, preferably both. Um, I think kind of sets sort of a clear benchmark and a clear set of expectations for your clients um, so that when they see your work online, that, you know, they, in, it should be a mutually, you know, decided upon thing that. Oh, oh, I get it, Dustin. What you're saying is like when you post stuff online, you just post it and um, then you maybe put like a little arrow on the photo that's like, I didn't edit this. Uh, and like, that's how you just, all your posts online, you just include like notes about what you didn't edit. So then your future yeah. clients know what to expect. Exactly. Exactly. Completely like, unedited photo. Done. Straight out of camera. Yep. Straight out of camera. No yep. Photoshop. What, yep. I mean, that's how we don't edit anything that goes on our Instagram. It's but, completely, it's not even from a camera. It's just from an iPhone and it's not even from an iPhone. It's from a phone through an iPhone. But to make that it look sense. really good, you have to take all of the photos into Microsoft Paint first and mm -hmm. then um, just draw on straight out of paint, camera. Paint by paint numbers, brush. baby. Paint mm -hmm. by numbers. That's right. You nailed it. <laughs> what if somebody requested something like this and your your response to it was to do a Photoshop job that was just so bad they wouldn't ask you to do anything else? <laughs> Yeah, I can, thought about. Can we it. move the wardrobe in the background and like you just instead of moving it, like you liquefy it? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure I discussed this on the podcast, but I mean, we did have a request uh, a while back this year where a bride wanted to essentially take a photo that was taken with backlighting from the sun uh, during sunset and put that pose onto a set of gold doors that the bride and groom really liked that we photographed on earlier that day. Mm -hmm. And I had to explain to her the reason she liked the photo she liked was because you could see the sun flaring in the backlight and, you know, all of this goodness. And when I superimpose them onto the gold doors, it's going to look hella weird because there ain't no light coming from the gold doors. Did you do it anyway? Just a shower? I, I didn't even waste my time. But now, in retrospect, I'm thinking, man, it would have been fun to do it. Maybe you should do it and then send me that photo and we'll make that the album art for this one. No, I'm I've sure got, you have a ton of time right I now, right? I have so much time yeah. on my hand. I'm sitting here with like a two-page to-do list that all has to be done by tomorrow. And on that note, thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes and leave a five-star review. If you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at Wedpick Hangover. Dustin is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben and Steve is on Instagram at Stephen Van Elk. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, join the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. If you want to support this podcast going forward, jump onto Anchor. There'll be a link somewhere in the show notes that says support the podcast or something like that. Just jump on and you can donate 99 cents, 4 dollars 
$1,500? No, you can't. No, no. The cutoff's $9.99 a month. Um, and all that money that comes in goes to getting, what does it go to? Saving foxes. Saving foxes. Saving foxes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Your head is pounding. Your limbs feel like dead weight and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right. Next Sunday after you shoot another, another wedding. wedding. Unless it's Labor Day weekend, in which case you could be shooting two weddings like I am. Yeah. Dustin, do you want to talk about that? You, you're shooting two weddings this weekend. And one of them is a multi-day wedding. Yeah, it's going to feel like three weddings because we're doing an Indian wedding. Is this your first Uh, Indian wedding? No, I did that one for you. (laughs) You did one day (laughs) for like three hours for us. Exactly. Uh, No, I've done done a couple Indian weddings. Not any where it was like super multi-day. I've only done, I think one of those like one mm-hmm. where i was actually hired and paid to do all all of the days mm-hmm. and even that one i couldn't do all of the days corinne had to do one day so i could go shoot another wedding wow but um it's how i roll babe it's how I roll. It busy but um yeah this will be but, um, this will be cool because it's a uh, catholic hindu so friday is all hindu and then Saturday is half Hindu, and then it goes into the Catholic ceremony. Mm-hmm. That the groom will then change out of the Indian wardrobe into a tuxedo, and the bride changes out of the Indian dress and into a white dress. The white, yep, the white gown. And so then, so there there'll be some some interesting moving pieces. Um, like for example, like the groom's family doesn't want family portraits obviously on the catholic church altar but the bride's parents do so there's going to be some some interestingness of that and handling that so we're going to do the groom's family portraits friday night and the bride's family portraits saturday so no mixed family portraits there'll be some mixed family portraits um they're the both sides of the family will be traveling to the first photo location so it's like neutral territory, I guess, mm-hmm. religiously speaking. Yeah. And uh, we'll do a real quick mixed family portrait situation and then they'll head out. Very cool. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting. It's always unique. I've only had one Indian Christian wedding before where uh, they blended the two. It was the most boring wedding ceremony because they did a Lutheran ceremony and a Hindu ceremony at the same time. Yeah. So they had a Lutheran pastor perform. And then after he would perform the Lutheran stuff, the Hindu guy would get up and speak in Hindi. And so no one there could understand what he was saying if, unless they understood Hindi. That's typically how it works with their language. Nobody can understand what you're saying unless they speak that language. Typically. I, I just I had to clarify for those listeners out there that don't know how language works. <laughs> uh, like right now, if the listeners are listening and they can understand what we're saying, they probably speak English. Just so you know, Dustin. <laughs> I, I I always wonder. I didn't know if we broadcast this podcast in multiple languages. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually go back in and uh, dub it all into uh, Espanol. Yo soy thought, Esteban. I thought we also um, broadcast this in Canadian. <laughs> or we just say sorry a lot. Sorry? 
That's my daughter's new favorite word. Yeah, um, I'm actually taking that Canadian crack out because our like second biggest country listenership wise is Canada, and you're just shitting all over them. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes, and then we have a Bosnian wedding on Sunday, so that'll be fun. Very cool. How about you? What do you got this weekend? Anything? Uh, Jen and I are shooting a wedding. It's kind of short this weekend. Uh, it will be done by 7.30 at night. Excited for that. It's a Saturday wedding. Mm, this past weekend, what'd you do? You, you always want to talk about your past weekend. Come on. We're throwing it into the end of the show now. Well, I wasn't sure if I should discuss this. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about last Saturday's wedding. Do we need to and... put it in the show notes for a future episode? Well, no, because I'm one of those guys that just throws everything out there for you listeners and just hopes that God really? I don't so get you're sued. ready to talk about that thing in Fort Wayne now? Not yet. Okay, Not yet. yeah. All right. <laughs> so we can throw this in the show notes for next week. We're but, already no, at an hour and 22 minutes. This is a long I'll, one. I'll try, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, we had a situation where the best man... Um, no, never mind. We're not, you'll save it. Okay. I just want I want to dabble a little a little teaser out there and then uh, yeah, we'll no, talk about tease it later. Us, tease us. Uh, if you support us on Anchor, then we'll <laughs> release this episode to only the Anchor listeners. There you go, there you go. Uh, it's this would be a story that would be best served for something like that. I think. All right, Steve, I gotta get a wedding done and three timelines created before my eyes close this evening. Oh man, that sucks. Have fun, buddy. All right, Dustin. Bye. Bye, Steve, my sexual savior. Did you stop recording before you said that? (laughs) Nope. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee!